to Karma San Diego podcast, where we talk all things San Diego awareness, activism, and ourselves. <laughs> My name is Kelly, and I'm Adriana, and we want to give you a warm welcome to our show. Sit back, relax, and grab yourself a creature comfort, and we'll do the same. Today we're talking about fad bods. <laughs> And by that we mean we're talking about the curvy, we're talking about the skinny, we're talking about the booty, we're talking about the no booty, we're talking about the <laughs> boobies. Mm. So basically, uh, both of us have fad bods at some point in history. <laughs> uh, Kelly is six one, very long, very lean woman very athletically built um i'm a lanky motherfucker very lanky brang mantis queen <laughs> and we went to high school 2004 or 5 to 2009 mm-hmm. so the trend was like paris hilton very much so skinny mm-hmm. doll mm-hmm. supermodel anorexia shame yes um i my body just so happened to fit the mold of what we are calling the fad bod. Yes. That's an example of fad bod is that I was over-sexualized and over-glorified because of like my biological makeup. Exactly. And not based off of any part of my character or my being. And then to relate that back to Adriana's fad bod, let's scoot, skit, scat, skirt to 2020. 15 years later. 15 years later. I'm so glad that the world has evolved. Same. There's still room for improvement, though, because now Adriana, who is a voluptuous, Italian, beautiful, boobs, ass, queen. That's what they say. With big lips. She's just a very beautiful lady. I have thin lips. This I'm just painting a narrative here so you can see the We're very opposite. We're like, super opposite. In every way. In anatomy. Mm-hmm. We have anatomical differences Mm -hmm. yet our experience in society has been the same which is why we bring up fad bods because now adriana is fad bod so every time we go walking out in public we cause a scene it's ridiculous and we don't want a scene obviously ever this ain't a scene no this ain't no scene (laughs) this my body and so now because the narrative has shifted to fad body being voluptuous ass that and Kim not K. just, but we're not talking body positive towards bigger bodies. We're talking like people are spending money on putting fat inside of their booties. Yeah. They're spending money to get hip uh, injections to yeah, make you have their to be hips the right look kind wider. Of fat. It's a fat bod where yes. you have to have this perfect hourglass shape. But you have a flat stomach with big thighs, big booty. You will not have a six pack flat washboard ab unless you have some crazy genetics crazy one <laughs> you've got some great plastic surgeons so or that is- you have been doing squats since the <laughs> day you learned to walk like straight up maybe you were a volleyball player perhaps <sighs> softball player perhaps a lot of crouched positions <laughs> Create this. This squatty potty vibe. Can you you feel it? Can you feel it? Basically, what we're trying to say is uh, our bodies have been sexualized our entire lives, and we're about to talk about that. And 
I think most people in the sisterhood or in a friendship or in a partnership um, know intimately the um, things that you deal with individually, like on a body basis. I feel like as women who gather, it's often to unpack all of the things that have been done. Yeah. And a lot of that is being over-sexualized because of whether it's cat calls or whatever. I do think we're positive people. So overall, we've trained ourselves to be like, that was a compliment. I am beautiful. It's just frustrating. I was with intern Maddie yesterday (laughs) and we were taking photos for the launch of my website and as we were finishing up, a gentleman walked across the street and proceeded to follow us. And we both felt immediately uncomfortable. And I feel like, and her and I have very, very, very similar body types. And I feel like that seems like it's common nature. It's something I'm so used to. I'm desensitized towards it. I worked downtown as a bartender and server for about five years. So I was means that you've been sexualized for five years. Minimum it, five years. That's just <laughs> one job of many jobs I've had. Toxically I've, sexualized and not on your love language or on your level or warranted or respectful or... Oh, it's ridiculous. The amount of times I've had people tell me to smile is astronomical. I've had a person ask me to smile more. You'd be prettier in the line at the bank. It just like goes to show that people like actually can think less of you if you show an emotion other than the one that they want you to see. Mm -hmm. I have found that whenever I open up about uh, injustices being done, whether in my life or think my experience, that you immediately you can tell who wants to like kind of sugarcoat fix it or they don't want to see you in that state of anxiety, despair, sadness, and they don't want to sit there with you with it. They want to just like kind of move past it. Yeah. Um, they think less of you because of you feeling and processing your emotions. So that's also pretty difficult. But I'm grateful that now people are a little bit more understanding. And I think that enough people, and I'm not even going to say this is just women because men get sexualized. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) A lot. I guess we're talking from our personal circle. We're just speaking from our personal experience. And, but I think it's just being talked about more with the media and with social media and Instagram and all of those things. And people are just like embracing just what their body naturally looks like. And I'm really stoked for that. Um, I'm really putting that precursor in there because we absolutely understand and know and have seen and experienced other people other than um, white heterosexual women experiencing yeah. this. Oh, absolutely. Yet that is what kind of where we're sitting in the frame of reference when we talk about. So even when I was saying like um, as a group of women, da, 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 I know each person's circle can often feel different. Um, absolutely. I do feel that our circle, it's um, not easy to include men in the conversation and I have tried. So I typically don't unpack or, or even want to tell whether it's mm-hmm. your husband, your parents, your whoever. Like, oh, I went to the post office and a guy asked me to show him my nipple. <laughs> you know, like you're embarrassed. You don't want to talk about it, but it happened. So I always have felt more safe and like 
that sisterhood approach. Yeah, because girls can actually relate to that and be like, girl, that also happened to me at the grocery store yeah. yesterday. Yeah. I feel like I'll say something to a friend of mine and say, you know, this guy asked me to smile or... Um, I've been told many times that I don't look like a white girl or just, you know, really crazy yeah. things or I shouldn't have this body because of my skin color and, you know, just crazy oh shit God, like that. Sh- oh, and so that's so racist to think that a curvy <laughs> person can't be white. What is that? I don't what, know. Like that. And meaning that only curves are associated with what I would guess are referring to what? Latina women, black Perhaps, women. Perhaps, yeah. I've, like, I think what it turned that? into... It was down in PB. I was like 20 years old when this happened. Um, I was That's asked so if I was Puerto Rican. And in the summertime, my skin just like turns more goldeny colored. I'm still white, very clearly white. I guess it's like people's biases and associations, they don't realize how race-based their thought process is. Yeah. Like, and they're like, well, I'm used to big-bodied women being sexualized, not being white, so you're unique. Exactly. Like, what is he saying? Exactly, and I think that... Um, I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> I'm distracting her. No, it's okay. With my... I, I think that it's nice to be able to have other women talk about their body types and have other people that look like me and having people who don't look like me in my circle and we all still have the same uh, experiences, I guess. Um, Yeah, fad bod. Ultimately, we'll always have a conversation about race and about gender and about sexual normatives and Mm -hmm. the heterosexual normative because ultimately like I guess what we've determined with this fad bot is how dangerous it is because of our mental health that suffered because of it the relationships oh the amount of mental breakdowns I have had just because I didn't think that my body was good enough because society and the pressures of looking a certain kind of way have brainwashed us literally into thinking that we need to look this way. And I can't believe it took me 29 years to finally, uh, accept this and it's still a struggle it's still a struggle regardless of my age and experiences I still have days where I want to change everything yes and 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 how deeply embedded that was in not only our education but like when I think about all of the commercials that we saw and magazines we grew up with everything and so you don't really know anything else and so my biggest frame of awareness now we're in 2020 and we've gone through such political movements such Mm life-changing drastic events that I'm realizing that by sexualizing women um, there are so many layers to it whether it you can sexualize a woman and that can be a racial injustice to a minority person mm-hmm. that you can sexualize a woman and that it can be, um, completely traumatizing and degrading. Absolutely. You, it could ruin her day, her mental health and awareness <laughs> that, that when you sexualize women, that you are also oppressing men and, and everyone around, like everyone is affected suffers and is affected by, women being overtly sexualized. I was listening to, gosh, it must have been like an interview or a video on Megan Fox, the actress. Mm. And she basically talks about how she gets 
kicked out of Hollywood, basically. She can't get a job forever because she stood up for herself for being sexualized in so many movies, so many different parts, you know, being 17, 18 years old, wearing a bikini, having water poured all over her. And she was just the hottest girl in our in our generation. generation. Exactly. And, and she is Transformers absolutely gorgeous. But she's also a good actress. So, you know, when you get to that point and she speaks up for herself and then she gets shunned by all of society and all of you know Hollywood that's fucked up you know like why why do I have to deal with this as a bartender I had to deal with this as a person walking down the street we have to deal with this you know like it's not great to catcall I don't know what you get out of it regardless of being a guy or a girl uh, cat calling. It's so weird. I, I think it's very strange. Like, is this just like a, a motion that comes out of your body that you can't even control? Like, you just see a hot person, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, it's yeah. It's so bad that we just all put up with it for so long. Yeah, and we're, we're all so desensitized. It's, it's actually kind of mind-blowing. So then that women can experience no longer getting a job or finding work. And it's powerful for even Because she refuses to take her shirt off. Let's not, yeah. you know, be reminded of that. And that she has the platform and the pedestal to get that message out there because the problem is it's not not everyone is Megan Fox. You know, that it's really important that the life experiences are talked about in all shapes and forms. Going on a stony thought, we haven't even smoked yet, you guys. Oh, my gosh. I'm currently trying to get this joint started. So we're ready to hip-hop around into the fad bods for sure because um, the biggest thing we wanted to talk about was I feel so dazed and, like, like I hope I did fad bods justice is how I feel right now. Like I hope I properly I think we did. Um showed our support and allyship for all people that are experiencing mm. this. And Well, um, I was going to say, ooh, this tastes really great. Yay. It's like cleaning supplies. I oh, that's how I know yes. I love a particular kind of strain. Oh my gosh, when it has like that cleaning orange. supply. Yeah, I think it must be flavor. this. I haven't tried it yet. What's it called? Afghani sugar. That's nice. I really have to learn not to burp in the microphone. <laughs> I don't know. If she nasty. I'm a. I. To know me is to know I burp all day. Oh God! Oh. On the grapes. On the grapes. Um, uh, but I was gonna say, in regards to your fad bod, did I get it right? Question. Yeah. Um, you did, and also. I wanted to like piggyback on the fact that even though social media can be a hindrance, I also really, really enjoy that there are so many body positive people on social media and it truly opens up my mind because there's people on there who are much bigger than me, much smaller than me, and they're all celebrating just not only their bodies, because who gives a fuck about your body? Like, yeah. it's just the package. Yeah. It's always the gift on the inside that's, the, like, what matters, you yes. know? But they're also talking about, like, how they're living their life. They're not allowing their body to control them. And I feel like there's a lot of people that allow for this. They allow for uh, society to tell them 
how their body should look, and because of that, it controls them. Mm-hmm. They become this slave to perfection, which mm-hmm. is unattainable, one, mm-hmm. and two, kind of ridiculous, because at the end of the day, being perfect sounds crazy, mm-hmm. and I like the imperfections of my body, your body, intern Maddie's body, and <laughs> <laughs> she's raising the roof currently, Everyone. or more so Jersey Shore fist pumping, I Maybe. guess. I think that's a little bit more uh, <laughs> accurate, I believe. Yeah, I just, uh, it's so harmful, and I think after feeling like a salmon swimming upstream for years, for so long, as soon as we succumb to being ourselves, it, it's like the most beautiful thing to sink into and give up on. Mm-hmm. It's a, to give up on being something else is like one of the greatest reliefs in the sense that you start to just appreciate yourself for who you are and what you are yeah. and what you look like. And you mm-hmm. kind of figure out, like, your personality and, like, mm-hmm. your purpose. Mm-hmm. I think that um, when I was younger, earlier in my 20s, and I would focus so much on what my body looked like rather than how my body felt or what I was trying to do with my life, mm-hmm. I felt distracted. And when I stopped giving a shit about those things, don't get me wrong, I still work out. I still eat healthy, but I do not punish myself for those, uh, weeks that I have ice cream every single day. You know what I mean? Um, I've gotten out of that mode and now I feed myself, we feed ourselves what we think our body needs rather than starving yourself so you can have a whole night of drinking and then eat a burrito at night and then pass out till noon the next oh day gosh, and go to work counting, dude. it's just ridiculous and unnecessary but you know so no more fad bods Mm-mm. i'm all for glorifying every kind of body mm-hmm. so it was tough because when fat bodies were being appreciated or whatever you have conceptualized this body that i'm talking about p-h-a-t <laughs> fat <laughs> it came with a narrative of not celebrating other bodies and only one kind of fat, which is like sexy fat, Mm -hmm. which is like unattainable back to what you were saying. It wasn't like, not not if you have a fat stomach, but not if you have a flat butt, but not if you have thick calves, but not if your neck is really thick. Yeah. You got big arms, wide shoulders. There's only this one kind of thick you can be. Yes. And how that judgment really did put a lens in a film on myself as how I saw other people. Um, I wouldn't go as close to say their self-worth, but I experienced other people not valuing the self-worth of someone else because mm-hmm. of their size mm-hmm. and was around that all the time. So it's kind of like secondhand smoke yep. with that narrative because you feel embarrassed on their behalf. Like I've had people um, mention the shape and size of my friends, the shape and size of my family and how harmful that is to me. Yeah. But why do we have it's to... not about me, right? It's yeah. more like... Why are we describing people that why way? Why are we talking about what they look like if it's not a compliment or our business. Yeah. And, as, and it doesn't really pertain to the situation at hand. Yes. And as best friends who gossip and bitch with one another all the time <laughs> as a form of love and release. release <laughs> yes. Um, that you could, you know, that boundary Yeah. of like, okay, that's not appropriate or, yeah. And that that's, 
Because yeah. at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there's that speech impediment. At the end of the day, I'm just going to sing it because apparently that's the only way it comes out. Um, we're all fucking people. So I know everyone this, we're going to talk about this a lot on yeah, this podcast. Everyone in my life is a different sh- size, shape, everything, color, everything, yeah. all the things. But, uh, I genuinely like the people that are in my life and love them because of like who they are. At the end of the day, it's always like who you are. What is that package on the inside, the gift on the inside? Like that's how I was raised. And you know, when you are in your twenties, especially in a very superficial, superficial world, uh, you kind of forget about that a little bit and you get kind of hung up on, uh, celebrities and the fad bods and trying to look a certain way and trying to get the attention of a suitor and you're doing all of these things. Thinking a lot of shows and TV memories have been flashing back to me, but that have shaped the way that, um, I am as a person and the culture and the environment that I'm around in. And one of the biggest things is, uh, Mean Girls. Mean Mm -hmm. Girls came out when we were 13, Mm -hmm. 14. And so the biggest thing that I notice is, one, of course, everyone's on Lindsay Lohan's team. Like, you love her. Mm-hmm. She's the sweet nerd who was, like, what, from in Africa because her parents were safari people. I don't even know. <laughs> they were, like, scientists or something. And she's, like, she's kind of having that Bhagavad Gita, like, uh, when Arhuna can't pick between battling his friends and his foes. And, like, it's this, like, torn self. And the torn self narrative I think kind of shows like, cause here's the trying deal. to fit in. Yes. And when think, people think of mean girls and they love it, they love all the bitchy mean things. Mm-hmm. They dress like the bitchy mean girls, but you love mean girls. Be- so you love the message. You love the crying girl. That wasn't even from the school. That doesn't even go here. You love <laughs> all of those things. Her fangirling over a boy who Cause it's very, they've done a very good job of making that like kind of a high school life. Yes. I mean, it's pretty escalated. So we glorify it and love it and have this dual narrative of like, well, we understand that like is kind of fucked up, but, (coughs) but, but we're on Lindsay Lohan's team. Yes. And then, okay, so think about, I know it's like stoner tangent, but Hannah Montana, like she couldn't be herself, like with her friends and had to like secret side be a celebrity. Yeah, because she was afraid of what everyone thought and then doesn't explain everyone to people has, who she that's is That's so later. raven. Yeah. Dual-sided. She had to hide her psychic abilities until she couldn't anymore. Everyone's, like, very split. Mm-hmm. And I find that fascinating as a way to, like... Because I feel very split with most things that I like and post. Like, for example, I recently posted a picture of the backside of the Blink-182 album, Enema mm-hmm. of the State, which shows a very sexualized nurse yeah. filling a syringe. And I use that image knowing that I and the world sexualized that image and glorified that sexy nurse. And I use that as my um, way to make a point yep. that injections need to be normalized for when it comes to type 1 diabetes. Because sexualizing is normalized. Yes. So even when I'm... That's still me being affected by sexualizing women and using that to make a point, but it's still prevalent. Um, so I hope you guys can listen to Blink-182 and absolutely know the album that we are talking about, that sexy little nurse with the blue eyeshadow. It's a good album, too. It's a great album of our time. And um, women are so sexualized that 
it it affects every aspect of our mm-hmm. identity, our mm-hmm. music that we listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, even with well, good intentions, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, think about it. Those Carl's Jr. commercials of the oh hot gosh. girls eating um, the burgers. Burger. I Jessica mean, it's, Simpson, let's Paris not, Hilton. I'm not going to say it's not hot, though. Like, that's the thing is, like, sex sells. We get it. I get it. I've worked in bars a long time. And I feel like we celebrate those women because we don't. We're not. We notice that they're being sexualized, but we can still enjoy it. I can enjoy a wet woman sliding all over a car as Absolutely. an art form. I think that um, it, I would prefer it to be like our idea. You know, when I would get ready for work at the bar on like a Friday night, it was my idea to wear what I'm wearing. It's not my uniform. I can pick and choose what I want to wear. I can choose to wear something with more cleavage. I can choose to wear little tiny shorts. Or I can choose to wear a men's baggy t-shirt and a pair of jeans and still make the same amount of money. It's just a comfort level and a lot of um, people who work in like nightclubs and bars downtown, they do a lot of the same thing. And because, one, we know sex sells. Too. Yeah. Y'all are dumb when you go to the bar. You really think your bartender likes you. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's their job, yo. I mean, we like you. The parallels Usually. of being a bartender and being a yoga teacher, I find fascinating. Mm-hmm. Talk about our similarities with fad bods. I feel like um, you can hold space for people well. You're in an active customer service. You like your job because it gives you life and it's fun and it's riveting and it exhausts you and mm-hmm. it's a full-time thing. It's one of those jobs where you can't, like, text on the side, like, you know. You have to be there present the entire time. For a long period of time. And you you have many levels of accountability that are more than just being a friendly person or a friendly face. Yeah. But that it's, like, your job and your income and your livelihood. Yeah. I mean, it's enjoyable. I, I love the industry. I love... <laughs> um, I love making drinks. I love the people, the community. There's so much of it that I truly love. And I have made lifelong friends, lifelong partners, lifelong everything, family, straight up. But, you know, there are a very minute amount of humans that uh, genuinely think that like, we like you. <laughs> I don't know if that's nice, no. but uh, well, you come in and, you know, I'm the richest guy in the world, so I'm going to buy my drink, but then you don't tip. Oh, so don't be that guy. Then I'm irritated. Or if you're just sassy as hell, like we can be sassy. I'd like to shoot the shit. Just a little bit of sass. But if you, what did they say in uh, Rocket Power? Don't write a check that your tush can't cash. Oh, that is. Rocket Power. <laughs> wiggity, wiggity. wiggity. I honestly wiggity. am impressed that you remember that. I have no idea what you're talking about, but. It's the episode when there's, like, a pro surfer and he's riding, like, a 50 bazillion foot wave and, like, not Twister, maybe Reggie. He's like, oh, I can fucking do it. And he, like, eats shit or one of them eats shit and the, the like, the, like, master of the mind surfer, he's like, don't ride a check. Oh, your tush can't catch. Oh, my God. Another thing you should know about me is I remember everything, every theme song, everything ever. Like an elephant. And it 
Josh is that same thing that you do when I go, he's just like, (laughs) fuck you. Like, this is ridiculous. Because we pull up to run an errand and I'm like, five, five dollars. Five dollar for long. That's still the song. It is. I didn't know that. I just, you know, it's in the crypts of my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it. And he was like, have you heard the new one? So I Google it and I'm like, bitch is the same. But there's other songs in the in the crypts of my, like Chia Pet. Chia. <laughs> oh my God. I, I feel like I'm constantly singing theme songs. Constantly. We, I had the Happy Days oh. theme song stuck in my head for like two weeks the other day. Ooh, so bad. When, you can't see me shimmying. Once intern uh, Maddie gets started on it, I can't stop. Wow, Happy Days. Uh-huh. That's a nice one. That's a nice one. <laughs> That's a nice one. Did we give Fat Bods a good... Uh, amount of information i think so do you think that they get the oh, idea look we i even wrote yoga teacher bartender restaurant oh my gosh that's so funny you know when you write down notes that you do not use at all you just do it to like make sure you have a, a mental agenda uh-huh. and then you actually never look at the notes mm-hmm. that's how i take notes and make lists i love that i make them i bring them i carry them around i put them in front of me I They're don't just there. use them. And then sometimes I look at them and I'm like, wow, that, that was a really good note. Like, or <laughs> I, like, I think that I invented the wheel sometimes. Like, I'll say something we were going to talk about, but I forgot that we were going to talk about it. You it's had already so previously ingrained it into your brain and your subconscious brought it back. Yes. I would like to give you my Kelbit for... Oh, God, I forgot about these Kelbits. These but, kale bits. But these kale bits, All right. um, we're working on them. But it, luckily, it's not going to be like... We're not actually getting up or doing anything. I'm really it's excited, though. Smoke, but I, I think essentially it's... wanted to break down. Oh, God. Don't sweat the small stuff. Oh, God. And I wanted to like let the world know... How sweaty I am. <laughs> <laughs> Snaps. Snaps. But also. I need to like put out a PSA to the world. You, everyone knows the phrase, "Don't sweat the small stuff." Okay, and there's a couple ways that I can break this down for you. Let's first talk about the context of when "Don't sweat the small stuff" comes up. Typically, unfortunately, sadly, this well-intended sentence is to be like, "Don't overreact to what you're reacting to," because I have deemed it overreacting. Okay. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, it doesn't feel good in the moment because why, when you think of don't sweat the small stuff, well, if you're sweating over it, then it's probably not small, you know, even if it seems small to someone else or um, another analogy I like to use is like, don't cry over spilled milk is very ineffective because crying is fine. Yeah. And you, you spilled and made a mess and lost your milk and... What if you don't have any more milk and you need milk? And if you don't cry over the spilled milk, then the next thing you go do, because you didn't handle that emotion, like, then you're going to go, like, kick a trash can instead. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, it's this way to kind of divert or rationalize your pain that works for some people, but not always. So, for example, my grandma is very empowered by phrases like that. I call them fortune cookie phrases. And so is Josh. These are people in my life that... Um, are empowered by these sayings. So they know that they are well-intended. But 
You don't get to biologically pick when you sweat. Let me repeat that. Oh my God. You don't get to pick when you sweat. Did you hear me? You cannot on command sweat. I might be able to, honestly. <laughs> I might. Because she's running so hot from how heated this is making her. This anyone is a who sweats. Discussion. Anyone who has sweaty body. Knows how much sweat affects her life. Have you ever thought, you know what? I'm just not going to sweat now. No. Don't sweat the small stuff. Okay. Never. I'm just not going to stop sweating. So I have a, a serious problem with the phrase, don't sweat the small stuff, because it in, in itself is impossible. So you're really proving and the uncontrollable. point. uncontrollable. You can't stop it unless you literally get Botox to stop the production of sweat in certain ducts on your body. That's the only loophole I could find for any of you jackasses that are like, well, technically you can make yourself not sweat if you do this. No, I don't want to hear for it. Those, oh, God. Oh, those for those guys. people that don't sweat, you know who you are. Kendra. Ah! I dislike you. I love oh you, God. but I am so jealous. So if you f- take a flip on it and you say to person who never sweats ever, Kendra, if I said sweat right now, she would have to run in the desert for 12 <laughs> days for one bead of sweat to come out of her body. She is the... In Florida. And, and the humidity is really what made her look like she sweat. For real though. Like it, she just came out of the shower is Ooh. really what happened. Uh, to be honest with you guys and to actually like clarify if you are thinking that we are legitimately talking about sweating this is a metaphor for emotions yes so so when you have the narrative of don't sweat the small stuff you're saying like ignore what's actually happening ignore the actual response that you're having which right. is probably fear anxiety anger paranoia exactly fatigue like think of the things that happen like for example you're having a really stressful life and then you get home and you drop your plate and then you start hallucinating with a panic attack and sadness and woes and someone says you know what like that it's just a plate it's just grapes and don't sweat the small stuff in the scheme of things like bitch you know i you don't think i know it's a plate you think i don't you think i'm having a meltdown because of a grape yeah you it's t- not the no, grape. No, you think I'm sweating over that small stuff or maybe the accumulation of my life. Yes. And we have hit a head yes. upon a grape upon the, the floor. The pot has boiled over. Yes. So when you said don't sweat the small stuff, you're thinking that the sweating is occurring from one trigger and you can't control when you sweat. So we know what my message to you is sweat. Let out your emotions. Sweat. You know what me and intern Maddie do? We schedule... Screaming in our car. We will have... Do you do it together? Not it together, no. But if if we're I'm having so like a bad day... I'm so If we're having like a bad day, I'll be like, Maddie, you should probably go scream in your car. And then she says, yeah, that's a good idea. So, okay, let me reiterate what intern Maddie just said. They text each other and say, hey, I'm going to scream in my car, and I think you should do it too. And they scream in the car at the same time? No, not like together. We're not in the like, same. Like today, like do it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. so you're I, not together. If I like go for a drive or something, I'm just going to fucking scream my yeah. heart out. Do you and does it work? It does work. It's really nice. nice. Um, I really like it because uh, not only... Are we stuck in the house all day? Because I don't know if you guys remember, it's quarantine. Um, so don't forget that it's quarantine. quarantine. Don't forget. Because mm-hmm. I know many of you are like, but it's August. And I'm like, I know. Don't sweat the small stuff. Fucking 
freak out, out a little bit. We mm-hmm. all have to Please do it. Please let it out. You need let to feel it, it now. out. Because you know this world. We're going to have trauma when we're old from surviving this. It's a generational trauma. You must think of it in this way. Like, mm, we came from the generation, like, B.C., before Corona. You know, <laughs> we literally were like... Old people would be like, back in my day, we had to walk 70 miles and work 900 hours and eat, get a penny with some rice. With one shoe on. And with, That's <laughs> my dad's narrative. And my eyes missing. Okay. <laughs> and it was just like, because we hadn't suffered, because we hadn't gone through World War One, Two, Three, Four, Five, because we hadn't Those experienced plague, fatigues, whatever, <laughs> whatever <laughs> they're referencing. <laughs> and these are serious things. The draft, the what, what have you they experienced, oh, they were serious. Very. But that means... You don't get to talk about your spilled milk because I went to Vietnam kind of narrative. And then the pandemic happened. And now it's like, okay, no one can be like, well, back in my day, we went through some serious stuff and you have no idea what it's like to X, Y, and Z. We're like, actually, yeah, we do. And now we actually have a few frames of references that don't really change our perspective of things because we've always known that we have like trauma and awareness and an awareness but it's do more also, for other people do you also think that people do that to like one up each other like this is the one thing i hate trauma one upping this yeah trauma one upping or when you tell somebody i have to get up early tomorrow as your quote unquote excuse for not wanting to go out not wanting to do something and you say sorry i have to get up early tomorrow and that person's response is always how early what time? Oh my god. And to that person say, who's listening, does we it hate you. Fucking matter what time? For me it's early. I don't give a fuck yeah. if you get up at three AM to go work out for seventeen hours. All I did day. a courtesy of letting you know why I can't. It wasn't up for debate. And next time I'll just say no. I feel like people trauma like say. trauma one up each other. Like <sighs> like I did this. Well I experienced this and it's you know, we get it. We all go through shit. Like Yes. I get it. We all have yes. crazy experiences. Some people are much more privileged than others. Yes. And you know what? Good on them. I have to redirect my thinking because I used to be one of those people who was an absolute hater towards the people whose parents paid for their college. Yeah. And yeah. I would be so rude about it. And I shouldn't. Yeah, you privileged motherfucker. You just can have your parents pay for your school. Exactly. And here I am going to community college for seven years, not getting the same leg up that you're getting. Exactly. And you know what? At the end of the day, they should, hopefully, I would genuinely hope that they are grateful to have that privilege. And because I didn't have that, I had many other Others, several and, others. And society honestly. is making us mad at the wrong person. We're yes. not mad at our friends for going to college. Absolutely not. We're dealing with the emotion. That's the deal is when you talk about your emotions, you don't then throw them at other people. So when we come to the realization like, hey, my ego is telling me I fucking hate my friend because she had her college paid for, then you need to do the work. Put yourself in check. Yeah. And then what do you do with it going forward? Yes. So I feel like because it's very real to to feel like someone else's pain um isn't um, relevant to yours. Exactly. For example, I've been on the other side of things where, you know, maybe someone needs space held for them because they're getting an injection and they have a huge fear of having shots. And I'm type 1 diabetic, so I'm like hashtag needles everywhere all over my body. <laughs> so I take shots 24-7. So when I hear someone having a total meltdown over getting a shot, my ego wants to be like, I don't 
want to hear about your pain and your trauma. Like, you don't even know what your life could be. Right. But I have to check myself because before I was diabetic, that was me when mm-hmm. I got shots. And that's the normal human experience for many people because shots are scary. They are. And society makes them. and media makes them scary. The world makes them scary. And cartoons make them scary. And that's a warranted feeling. So it's, you just have to check yourself. But I realize, like, okay, if I'm hearing someone like, oh my God, I had to get a shot. The first thing that, for a long time in my heart, I'm like, bitch, I took 10 this morning. Mm-hmm. Like, so how you handle it is the issue. Like, mm-hmm. I'm realizing it, it, I know it's hard, but you gotta like take a breath and like. We need to redirect our uh, reaction. Because that energy can be used for good. Exactly. Like, think of what I could have said instead. Like, maybe I could have said some empowering ass diabetic shit. Like, I know how scary needles are, and this is what I do to make myself feel less scared. Right. Oh my God, think about that reaction with that energy versus. You, I want to say pussy ass motherfucker, but I don't, I consciously don't use the word pussy anymore because it's an empowering word for us. Like now we're like, like she's got big pussy, like she got big balls. (laughs) Energy. Yeah. So I don't want to use pussy with a negative connotation. So, but it pops up in my mind because it's a nice word which rolls off the tongue. You know what I mean? Sure do. Sure do. Mm. She added ice cubes. Yeah. So Kelly added ice cubes to our coffee that we were drinking hot a while ago. And it is a game changer. Literal game changer. Wow. I really like that uh, we kind of brought that whole thing around. That's nice. Yeah. Sometimes when I smoke, I get worried that... uh, we talk in so many circles, people yeah. don't really understand what we're talking about. And maybe you don't. <laughs> maybe <laughs> this whole thing is just a figment of our imaginations. Some of you might like that background noise. Where you're, we're like we're like one of those shows that you leave running repetitively, like The Office or oh, Grey's Anatomy. Friends. Or, oh. That's a nice one. That's a nice uh, Those are good shows. You know what? Shit's Creek, dude. Funny oh. as shit. I've already watched it twice. I'm ready so for a funny. third. I heard a new season's coming out. I think it's the final season. <gasps> What's his name? Dan? David. David. But his David. real name, Dan Levy. Right? I think so. Fact check us. I enjoy him. I just got on his bandwagon. I've been a fan for so long, but I um, didn't follow him on social media or know him as a person, just as a director. Yeah. And he's pretty much like a pretty like LGBTQ advocate. Magical, magical. He's pretty badass. And I always noticed in the show how accepting and normalized his parents were of him. It's really nice. That they had their own flamboyancies. Mm-hmm. Like that the like the father figure in that show is like still nurturing but oblivious like a dad, but yep. but very kind and accepting of his son. And, and like the mom the, is more of like the space case. Yeah. And not as nurturing. And not as attentive yeah. too. So that was like refreshing and then like he accepts both their flamboyancies. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the narrative is always uh, which is a very true narrative that needs to be addressed, which is men not accepting their gay sons. Yeah. But that show is so lovely. A lot of fluidity. Yes. And then I later listened to his speech and how they talk about it, and I just think that um, it was noticeable to me that I had never really even seen shows to that extent because they aren't, whether they're not funded, whether they're not... That's um, a... That's, you just hit that on the head. Not (laughs) funded, period. Like, the end. Like, you don't need to add to that list. Whenever I see a show about either 
I want I, the first thing I want to think of is Shameless, so I want to say like fucked up families. I love Shameless. Yes, though. that show did it me puts such me into good. Depression, though it, it puts me like it can into a hole. It's it, that show can sad. be very tr- triggering if you've experienced any of the things that they discuss. Or yeah, it's pretty have gnarly. Loved someone go, that going through those things, but that was the first show I had seen with a what I would call a quote unquote societal broken family. Yeah, and what that looks like and feels like on the inner workings because I feel like I was born and raised with a bunch of like happy fucking people together all the time. Like no, no steps. Whether those are step siblings, step mothers, step fathers. No divorces. No, um, but everything. Addiction, drugs, from the outside, eating disorders, all of it. And so when it's you, looking normal. So when you go to school, like a privileged school, and when you're surrounded by a Catholic normative too, which by and large is like, um, people who stay married, right. Or like, yeah, for the most part, confines, it's very, I remember there was only one or two kids in my class K through eighth that I can think of right away that were like my divorced friends is like immediately what I think of them because his parents went through divorce the same time. Um, or like, I remember when he was going through that and I already had, and then later another girlfriend of mine, her parents split up like maybe seventh or eighth grade. And I very much so remember being like, Oh, now you're on the like other side. And they also knew to turn to me. So it's also this safe space that, um, I know that's sometimes considered like a trauma bond, Mm -hmm. but I found it empowering to know that it existed because no one else presented it in society. So I guess that's my point. Especially in the Catholic religion, having a divorce is just like, Oh my God, like the biggest thing. And you just hide all your problems and it's not actually safe to tell anyone in your church community what's going on because it's just gossip and it's very rarely helpful, um, it seems, if you don't fit into the societal norm of what it means. Exactly. And so that was always very difficult for um, for the side, for a broken family side. And I don't even like using the word broken family. It sounds so terrible. It's just a family. Yeah. Um, it's just your family. Yeah. But it's that it's that stereotype that has been so ingrained in our media. So seeing Shameless... I haven't, I had never seen a show with any family dysfunction like that until I was in my 20s. And it's, I can't think of one show. It's very real. Any of that. And no, how I, helpful that would be just as a frame of reference. Yeah. What up, world? I feel like media is finally allowing for more realness. I think that we grew up with a lot of, like, every teen movie you've ever seen, like, there's literally a, Malcolm in the Middle is the yeah, first like, thing I thought of. That was a little dysfunctional, but still pretty functional. Cause right? Love, They're just they a bunch of boys just being silly and just, like, ridiculous yeah. and, you know, And then there's that, shenanigans. Uh, that black best friend narrative, which has got to go. Yeah, um, yeah. And if you have read about that narrative that presents itself in society, it's well intended and it's an afterthought. It's not always Always an afterthought. It's always an afterthought. Which and is not and also disabled and also asthma and also my goodness. Yeah, why do we gotta Well why, why no. that black kid always have to have all the fucked up? Remember shit? that narrative too? Like, like why does the so black ridiculous. guy always have to die first? Like yeah. in every T V show? That really was the narrative of like That's um, ridiculous. I read a study, I don't I have never watched The Walking Dead, but I think it was either that show or um a zomb- a couple zombie shows where I'm gonna the say black guy dies dead. first in like three movies and it's like what the fuck? There it's so common that like comedians talk about it all the fucking time. That's probably why it I has been addressed like how I even have heard of it in the first place, because then once it's pointed out, it's like what the fuck? Like 
It's dumb. It's terrible. Talk about a tangent, but the lack of representation on all fronts is really um, doing everyone a disservice. Very and much so. The social media of 2020 has been really helpful mm-hmm. to affirm how I feel in my heart, which is like a much more well-rounded feeling of society and appreciation for culture, a true sense of what love and compassion feels like from my heart and not from whether that's allyship, whether that's performative allyship, whether that's, um, there's activism, all these newfound things that there are ways to check myself in my heart and the way I was raised Mm -hmm. and that healing needs to be done. Absolutely. And it is not anyone's responsibility to like nurture white people needing to educate themselves. I very much so feel like a you white... Should want to, you should want to educate yourself. Yeah, it, sh- it should capture you and your attention. And then I very much so feel like ever since I learned, truly opened my eyes to like the patriarchal society and what Patriarchy is a real word, by the way. Look it up. <laughs> I oh, just God. have been... I don't want to say fascinated because it's disturbing. Um, there's a lot of unpacking to do, and I realize that my job as a the white woman in my community is to hold space for other white people doing this work um, of undoing these things, and that that's not everyone else's job, but that's something that... You feel called to do. Yeah, and there are conversations I've naturally been having to have, whether it's with my family, my parents, my friends, my Same. spouse, and with you and me. Yeah. Because we have had a lot of things we have to unpack, so you need to get comfortable with that uncomfortable and that white fragility, it really hit the nail on the head um, of the conversations that need to start happening. So we do what we can. We're going to try. We're trying really hard for change. Advocacy for change. All feedback welcome. Yeah. Seriously. A lot of good feedback would be nice. I um, truly hope that other people are educating themselves I had a, in this time as well. We have a yeah. lot of free time these days, and I truly hope that education is part of your time. I feel like there are days that go by and I feel like a POS because I'm laying on the couch horizontal for six hours of my day, and then I'm kind of snap out of it and I'm like I need to go do something I need to educate myself on something I need to advocate for something I need to speak up to some yeah legislative yes personnel it's very sun and moon of your sun sign your moon sign to need to do external things like legislation and activism and the protests that you attended and then there's also the internal work and some people like self-care help books some people like netflix shows yeah just to turn off yeah we need to have that balance but yeah i i'm grateful that well this quarantine, I guess, has really shown me and you and a lot of our friends who our true circle of people yeah. are, who our true allies are, yeah. really. And I feel like you just said, we have good quality uh, conversations and like substantial want to do better and had no fucking idea yeah ourselves included. Oh, absolutely. And like, how how can I help? Yeah. What can I do to be yes. of service to you. Yes. Like what, you know? And also I'm going to keep putting in the work in the motherfucking meantime and doing my own self-research, mm-hmm. um, which has been empowering to do. So yeah. proud of us. Yeah. 
proud of um, our intro. We should talk a little bit about our intro song. Um, before oh. we had our intro song, we knew we wanted the pouring of coffee. We knew we wanted the sound of cannabis being consumed in some way. That is Adriana's sexy little exhale, by the way. That's her little, that's her little face. I wasn't doing anything, though. It was she just like sure a breathing was. exercise, if anything. Yeah, a cannabis breathing exercise. <laughs> Injured Maddie's trying so hard not to laugh. But she can. She might give us a fist bump if we're lucky. And then the green parrots, because we hear them 24-7 living in San Diego, if you've been here. We got know. birds up in here. We got <laughs> wild-ass birds up in San Diego. So here's the vibe. Pigeons, obviously. Seagulls. Pelicans, egrets. That's a nice word, egret. Yeah. That's nice to say. Egret smoking a secret. Uh, osprey, a red hawk, um, or like a red tail hawk. Um, those are like the birds that we see regularly mm -hmm. down here. And when you think about them all in a row, that's a pretty wild ass like array of birds. And then green parrots. Flocks of green parrots. Do you know why the parrots are in San Diego? No, tell me. <laughs> okay, so I'm not going to lie. I've never actually done the research. But this is as, called blunt history. This is called blunt history because this is like some San Diego... Story Keller time. Story Making time. Up, but not really. That's just been... It could be a rumor. It could be totally true. It could be Myth fallacy. San Diego. But... Rumor has <laughs> Rumor it. has it, many, many moons ago, oh. somebody brought parrots up from Mexico, like up from TJ, and one of them escaped and mated with a another bird somewhere here in what? San Diego. Oh, some little bird that's kind of like a parrot. Probably. A finch. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anything about a birds. Birch? That's a fish. Shit. <laughs> A, a finch salmon. perching on a... It's <laughs> oh a bird thing. <laughs> we got parrots. We got salmons. Together we got parasalmons. They really are our spirit animal. We'll probably get both tattooed. It's going to be great. But no. So that's what the rumor is, is that this parrot got let loose or <laughs> freaking ran away from home. Had lots of bunny sex. Had lots of sex with all these other birds. <laughs> oh mated. And now we have this crazy colony of green parrots. With little red markings. With red markings. They hang out in the trees in OB and just yell all day. Yell. My one question is... Is, is this a real story? Is it the... Is, <laughs> <laughs> is this real? My aunt, but the other question is... Is it all the same little pack little flock of birds or are we seeing multiple i'm thinking the second one because san diego's so big and like how the hell are they going from obi to la mesa to claremont yeah also i think birds are like well they are the rat of the sky but <laughs> they're like bird or, or they're like rabbits in a way that they just like mate right no am i yeah, incorrect no, no i'm feeling this i'm thinking about Think about all sorts of things now. They just be, they're not like, I don't know. I might have smoked too many things to actually give. We have no idea what we just said. We got to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
like I've said before, do not like and subscribe. <laughs> Please just unfollow. Oh, my, oh my God. God. If you like this video, unfollow our YouTube channel. <laughs> we don't even have one yet, but we will eventually. Um, that was some great blunt history. I like that because we did not educate ourselves on that story before <laughs> telling it. <laughs> so honestly, if I'm incorrect, please throw some knowledge my way. But we were talking about that song because you were supposed to talk about Justin. Oh yeah, okay, so <laughs> Justin, circling back. To our commemoration, our karma for the, for, the, for the day. Yes, so our intro song, The Beat, was made by Justin. The Beat. He dropped The Beat. Oh, he motherfucking wrote this beautiful ass song. Yeah. And then he played it for us. Yeah. And, and we were like, yeah, we like this song. It's great. And then he spliced all our needs together. So we recorded all these sounds and then put it in the song. And that is it. And so maybe you're thinking to yourself, I want to support a San Diego artist who I would like to pay money for my intro song. Or just anything. Anything. Where upon which you pay people for their services and enjoy his sweet magical music. He does make really nice music. We will tag him. Yes. So you can learn more about what he does. Yes. And the wide range of things that he does. And yeah. I'm so pleased I couldn't think of a song. Like, whatever we made up in our head is absolutely what was put into this song. Absolutely. And we are so thrilled with it. And I have a lot more confidence of, like, whatever we want to create in the future. Like, I have, we have someone that um, really cares about what our message was. And we like, have a lot of creativity, like a lot of creative souls in our community, yeah. I believe. So it was a really positive experience, and I highly suggest that if you're looking to invest in yourself, that you should invest in other artists. Yep. So what would you call Justin's title? Like, what is he? Um, he considers himself a musical engineer. An engineer. Okay, because he does so many, a but wide array of things. But he can be a producer. I guess he's technically producing this episode. So yeah, he did produce this episode. Yeah, so, so he's a producer. Producer. Wow, that's so neat. Engineer. Well, too, so I've seen him play instruments as well. Yeah, Does he, he record can... himself playing things and then use them for his music. Yeah, sometimes. So he's a musician. Mm -hmm. So how? Yeah. Don't make him sing engineer. though. <laughs> or me neither, girl. It'll be like some screamo Aww. emo. Like he's Wah! just trying. He's the Kurt Cobain of 2020. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's really okay. He's not like grungy like that though. Today he is. Okay. He looks just like Kurt Cobain today. I stand I corrected. I sit corrected. I'm smacking you with a microphone and he looks like Kurt Cobain. It's just the hair length, really. Yeah. It's, That's it. It's up there. He's Down clean. there, I guess. I don't know if Kurt Cobain would smell. I don't know. <laughs> when you think of Kurt Cobain, if you hugged him, would he be like patchouli? Would he be like cigarettes? Would he be like, I think of like actual dirt, like he'd be pretty like ranky. I think cigarettes. But I don't even know if he smokes cigarettes. I don't either. He was murdered, yo. I know. Have you seen that um, series? It's like a six-series episode type thing of a reenactment of his quote-unquote suicide and That's like sad. how much it wasn't really looked into and like 
My conclusion is murder. Same with the uh, Amy Winehouse documentary we watched last night. Their partner's killing them off at the age of 27. What's up? Yep. Literally getting them addicted to drugs and then trying to s- steal money from them after they die and suing their families. Oh, my God. It's garbage. a shame, and people are really terrible. Well, I will not get you doped up and kill you and take all your money because I know you don't have any. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I could never do that. Well... I'm really grateful for that. <laughs> I'm also really grateful that I am a poor person because no one wants to steal from me. <laughs> Never had that problem because there's nothing to steal, girl. Even though I have had my car broken Actually, into. Actually, yeah. I've had, I've, I've had stuff stolen from me many, before, like many times. Theftual interactions on all sides. So. iPods, sunglasses, you name it. Oh, I can't wait for that episode. Until next time. Until next time. We love you guys. Ciao. Bye. Space bar. Oh, God. So far away. I have two concerns. Oh, no. They might not be concerns because we just have to listen to them. Okay. What are your concerns? My first concern is that I don't know if you can use the word slave. Not in the context of slave. But we, I might be wrong. Uh, what did I say? Slave to society? Well, yeah, and we were talking about feminism. So we just need to listen to it because I don't know what the context sounds like. I just know I heard the word and I was like, we need to listen to it. Because the other thing is that I was saying, like, people saying to you that you don't have the right body type for being white. And I said that that's being racist. I didn't mean towards white people. Yeah. I meant towards making all other people of color being voluptuous yeah. Sex beings. Yeah. So I wanted to just listen. That's both. I'm both sure. of that happened in the first like eleven minutes, and I know I'm tripping, but that's my homework is for us to fact check ourselves until we have that person mm-hmm. on our team, just because I want to do it justice. Yeah. Um. So we should I'm just listen to it. Pretty positive. It's okay, but I. But you could be right. Yeah. It could be that it could be interpreted, interpreted, interpreted. Yeah. Well, as... We're also really high during that time, so if you listen to it, and it's not amazing. We could just cut that chunk from when I said, <laughs> when I literally said, "That's racist. They can't say that." But regarding you, mm-hmm. but not explaining myself. Yeah, yet. because and I then... think it could come across as. It sounds like that's what I'm saying, and it's yeah. not. I meant like. Putting that societal norm on women is part of the sexualization that affects all people. Yeah. And not that racism occurs with white people. Yeah. So I think I think that needs to come out from misunderstanding because it wasn't my intention. Right. And I think it was pretty close to when you said slave, so I was already worried about what I said, and then I heard you say slave. I remember saying slave. <laughs> yeah, you're like, they're a slave. And then like five seconds went by, and then you're like, to society. So I don't know. We gotta oh, listen okay. to it. We'll listen to that part. I gotta find Justin. I don't want to be insensitive, because thank you for catching that's those not things. being a slave. Let's be clear. Okay, can you please stop it? Because I don't know how. <laughs> oh, yeah. Could you hear our conversation? I had one headphone on and one off. Oh, I was gonna say, did you hear?